As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Pink Radio with Prestige. This is the place for you, the diva boss entrepreneur who needs quick tips on building your crave-worthy brand. This is your host, Nicole Doss, CEO of the Prestige Society, a membership organization for women entrepreneurs who believe in building powerful networks while slaying in their industries. So I want you to go ahead and grab your favorite cup of coffee and get your favorite tips right here with Prestige. Hey, 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 it's your girl, Nicole Doss, and welcome to another episode of Pink Radio with Prestige. I am super excited for today's episode. This is a continuation from uh, an IGTV story or episode that I did around owning your own content. I think that as we begin to see uh, topics around this come out a little bit more and more from our favorite influencers, that at some point you will realize the necessity of you owning your own content. Uh, trust and believe it has definitely impacted me in thinking about different ways that I need to own my own content just a little bit better. And so definitely, um, I'm hoping that this will spark that same thought process for you as well. So before we get started, there's two different things that I want to share with my fabulous listeners. The first thing is, of course, our episode sponsor, and that is from Omnitresses Salon by Sierra Desper. Omnitresses Salon is located in Pentucky, New Jersey, and I want you to go to Salon. Dot com so that you can go ahead and get all of your awesome, fabulous hair care needs taken care of by Sierra Desper's wonderful and professional staff. I am not just saying that I am a client. I do go there on a regular. And whenever you see this beautiful head of hair on anything like my website or on social media, please know that it is because Sierra herself has blessed me with her wonderful talents. So please check her out. Awesome staff. Awesome salon and awesome various services uh, for all different types of hair care needs. All right, so back to the program. Oh, I said two, didn't I? 
Well, what's the second thing? <laughs> of course, you got it. Pray and Slay Conference happening in October, to be specific, October 12th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I want you to head over to www.prayandslayconference.com, and this way you can get all the information about the various speakers that we have. And I, I just want to drop a few. So honestly, we have a mixture of... Um, Ask the teacher sessions that really do emulate or, or have that feel of an intimate fireside chat. We have actual workshops where you're going to get gems and you're going to get all the knowledge that you need to help you. Also, we have panels. And because it's a school theme, we're kicking it off with a pep rally. We're ending it with a uh, graduation for the girl boss. And honestly, because I am a huge proponent for um, continuous education and because I believe that girl boss truly need more education than hype and fluff. Um, I truly um, am so blessed to have partnered up with Davida Garfield and Elaine Johnson so that we can create this experience, curate this experience for the girl boss who really wants information. Like you don't want to be hyped up. You want to know how do I do X, Y, and Z? So we're talking relationships. We're talking about building membership economies with your brand. We're talking about automating your business so you can work smarter, not harder. We're talking about finances because if you can't get your finances right, you're not going to be blessed in your business nor your personal life. We are talking legalistics here, right? Like how do you trademark? How do you register? What should you register as? We are talking SEO and all kinds of digital marketing. I mean, listen, when I tell you that we have created for you uh, different workshops and different scenarios for you to be able to learn, connect, and grow, all while putting God in the center of it all I can't even begin enough to explain all that's going on. And let me tell you something. I'm literally missing like a whole bunch of other things that we're doing, like our um, Watch Me Work Gym Class by Joe Myra. Uh, also, I'm trying to think, what else do we have? Um, we have our own fabulous girl boss DJ that's going to be there. Um, we're doing a pray, um, a plan and pray um, workshop on time management with that's going to be led by Davida, uh, myself, as well as Elaine. Like the list goes on and I do not want to take over this episode about what's happening with this conference. So if you have not gone already, please go to www.prayandslayconference.com. So when we're talking about owning your content, what really sparked this for me? Well, you know, it always starts with a personal experience, and then that's how I decide what I'm going to share with you guys. So let me just go right into what I experienced. I was trying to figure out how to do a turmeric mask DIY, and I needed to know if I had enough ingredients to do this turmeric mask. So as I was looking through and I just said, hmm, let me open up YouTube, immediately a video, just like always, popped up in my feed. And this one was from uh, a particular creator that I've never uh, watched before. So I was a little intrigued. Also, of course, her title really intrigued me, which was YouTube will probably delete this video. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder why. And of course, it said demonetization. So here's the thing. I've been hearing about demonetization a lot from some of my favorite YouTubers who were are really now kind of hurting, right? So you figure, what does that mean to demonetize? Well, let's talk about what does it mean to monetize? So monetize derives from the word money, of course. So if you're monetizing something, you are generating income, generating revenue, generating money, 
from that thing. So you may notice if you go to a baby shower or if you go to a bridal shower and someone may say, hey, monetary gifts are appreciated. What does that mean? Give me some money, okay? So money, monetary, monetize, all in the same word family. So when we talk about monetizing brands, there's different ways that brands decide, hey, this is a great opportunity for me to be able to get some coins. The easiest way most people monetize their brands on YouTube is by allowing YouTube to put videos um, or put commercials on their videos. So you'll notice every 15 minutes and at the beginning of a, a particular video that you watch on YouTube, there will be some kind of commercial playing. Now through that and the number of impressions that you have, YouTube has a payment schedule. So then depending on how many people actually watch your video and get those impressions, um, the ads may will, will pay you based off of that. Not may, they will. So what has happened in the past few years is this really interesting surgence of people just making buku bucks off of being YouTubers. So <clears throat> I remember the first time I introduced the Divinor Bootcamp to uh, the Prestige Society. Uh, if you don't know what the Prestige Society is, it's a membership organization for female bosses. We're really focusing not just on networking, but also on this continuous education, which means that every month there is some kind of topic that the ladies learn about. And we've been doing this since 2012. So uh, I want to say it might have been like 2013. I don't even think I was pregnant with Taylor yet. But I remember uh, really introducing the Divinor Bootcamp, and in that we were talking about how do you monetize your brand. And so in that, I gave really specific examples of some YouTubers out there that are monetizing the heck out of their brand. And I, <laughs> so long ago, but I remember this PowerPoint like it was yesterday. I remember I took a clip of two little girls who like bake cookies or bake cupcakes at the time. And literally they were making six figures on a monthly basis because of the number of people who watch these little girls bake goods every month or every day or however, you know, their uh, cadences or their schedule is for posting. So, but, but their monthly income was a hundred thousand dollars, literally just from one month's income, those girls college educations are taken care of unless they want to go to somewhere like Brown or Harvard. But if they want to go somewhere like, I don't know, Rutgers university, my alma mater, are you rah, rah, then guess what? hundred thousand dollars up paid for plus some Hey, send them off to grad school while you're at it. So, as we started seeing that, let's say, and I want to say like 2013, we started looking at, you know, these kind of um, YouTuber sensations. So that's what, six years ago, going on seven years ago, because we're going to hit 2020 before you know it. What's really interesting is that there has now been, you know, opposed from things of, oh, watch little kids play with toys and watch the little kids, you know, because um, I have two little girls, so I'm not a creepy person watching kids play with toys by any, by any means necessary. But, you know, it, it's this movement to now the beauty world. And so whether you're watching someone do an awesome twist out or maybe you're watching them, you know, glue on a lace front, you're then also going to watch them do things like do the awesome brow do some uh, lash extensions. I mean, honestly, the list goes on and on to who is actually making money creating these YouTube videos. Um, I, in doing content for Boss Academy, I remember even uh, just last year, looking at um, even the gaming community where there's people who make millions of dollars just by giving tips of how they do uh, 
certain things in Minecraft. First of all, I don't even understand Minecraft. It looks like a very old pixelated version of like Zelda. And if you are not an 80s baby, and if you did not grow up with the original Nintendo, you're like, Zelda what? So just Google it, okay? So, you know, when you, so when you think about these people who have created this income using this structure, imagine the shock when all of a sudden they are being demonetized, which means that all of a sudden they no longer have the ability to make the money they used to make doing the things they used to do. And we're not talking like making $10 on an impression. I'm talking, you're no longer making the millions you used to make because all of a sudden YouTube has decided to demonetize this particular, you know, these platforms. So originally things that would cause channels to be demonetized would be if you use explicit language, if you use things that really violate the policies. But what I learned from nappy headed Jojoba Jojo, I think that's how you say it. But anywho, that's who landed on my feed. That's who was doing this awesome uh, coverage on um, demonetization. She brought about this really interesting theory uh, due to her career in production. And she was saying that for many years, YouTube has decided to create premium a, a premium streaming option. And you'll notice it. You just probably bypass it every single time. But YouTube will say, hey, do you want to try one month free trial of not having any ads? And you probably are like, YouTube, easy. I could watch five seconds of a commercial and hit skip. I'm good. No need for me to pay for YouTube, right? So YouTube has not found the ability to um, really monetize, if you will, off of becoming a premium streaming platform like other platforms such as Hulu, Amazon Prime, Netflix, and anything else you can think of. So in that, you have to think about it too. The platforms of the content created are two very different things where Netflix and Hulu are very highly produced kind of outputs where then when you think of YouTube, it's like completely underproduced outputs, but you love it. Like you love that someone just gave you some fire video with really cool graphics using nothing but their iPhone XR or their iPhone X and some really cool editing apps. So YouTube really struggles with trying to become because it's a desire of theirs. It's not like, you know, they want to try and that's it. It's a desire for them to become this streaming platform with this uh, membership economy of having uh, pay, paid memberships every month. So here's what's interesting about that. In the effort of becoming um, a premium streaming channel, they've decided that they are going to basically have um, these production teams create content that looks organic, that looks like it is um, just you know, following this person, but yet it's a really well thought out character that is created. Okay. And, and so, um, this particular, uh, YouTuber now I hate saying her name, by the way, nappy headed Jojoba, but, or Jojoba. Um, but she literally, um, gave very specific examples to 
in particular, um, of that, that corporate feel because she said she used to work on a channel that basically was part of this initiative. And in this, what happens is that you are gifted subscribers. So if you are part of this production, production team, then this particular channel is gifted followers or subscribers. They are, um, and if you're gifted subscribers, and I'm talking like if there's gifted thousands of subscribers, there's certain things that are going to happen. Um, and those things are that, um, it's going to make it harder for those who are organic to really, uh, keep up with how fast other groups are, um, getting followers if they're being gifted followers. And then in the meantime, if there's a bigger plan to have a, a, a very specific look and feel to what is being offered on this platform, then you will become demonetized because ultimately the whole goal is to really do what? To discourage you because you're not really what they're looking for because they have a completely different goal. Here's the thing. Why am I saying this? Why is this important? Why do you need to know this as uh, a content creator for your brand? Because at the end of the day, we heavily rely on platforms where the space is just rented space. You do not own YouTube, right? It's a rented space at the end of the day. You do not own your podcast hosting site it is rented space. So one of the things that I think is extremely important for you is that you need to be able to figure out ways not to just own what you create, but you have to be able to own the revenue generation that is attached to what you create. So in other words, you need to own how you monetize your brand. And when we rely heavily on these structures because A, we see that influencers are doing this, B, we feel like, oh, well, since the influencers are doing this and they're making millions, then we're gonna follow their blueprint and be just as successful, then we don't even begin to think outside of the box. We're just trying to recreate what's already been created and not even having any insight on uh, trends, what's happening, um, with, you know, that particular platform, what is the trend in our areas that we're trying to follow? Like we're just, we just trying to just get on the bandwagon and do what everyone else is doing. And that is to a fault. So I'm here to give you some information to really help you think differently about how you are creating and publishing content. So let's talk about some of the things we are, we, we are starting to see and, and how people are starting to take back their monetization and telling, you know, big business, forget you, we're going to do this our way. So one of the things we're starting to see is a move to Patreon. So here's my little thing about Patreon. So I went on Patreon because I was seriously thinking about it as well. And I even suggested it to uh, a, girl, a girlfriend of mine. So Patreon lets you set up like um, tiers, payment tiers. And depending on the tiers that you pay into, that determines what the price is going to be. $5 could be just access to more episodes than what you publish on free platforms like iTunes or uh, Google Play or any other podcasting sites, right? And then you move on to maybe you get to get all like the bloopers and outtakes. So let me just give you some real examples. I have this awesome podcast that I follow by the name of True Crimes Obsessed. I am a true crime fanatic. 
Do Not Judge Me. So I follow this really great podcast with Patrick Hines and Jillian Pensavalli. And um, when I tell you, <laughs> you know, they always tell you about their Patreon feed. Like, oh my God, guys, literally, you sign up today for $5 a month and you can get access to 99 episodes now. Why is that something people like? Because they can instantly binge listen to all of their episodes, which have you cracking up um, so without, you know, even like batting an eye. They don't have to wait for, you know, next Tuesday for the next next episode to, to drop. They literally can just go right now to Patreon and have access to 99 episodes. So that is something that they always sell. But then they talk about how you how as you go up in the in the tiers, then you get access to more. But they also tell you when you get access to five dollars because it has to be more enticing than what is available on the free platforms, which is iTunes or whatever else you you listen to. I'm just gonna act like it's my world. Everyone has an iPhone in my world. So if you're listening to you know to a podcast on iTunes then then that's what you are um, they're trying to give you more. So they have something called an after party where, you know, they kind of have like these afterthoughts after they've done the episode. So all these different things. So that way it lures you to go there. But once again, what that does, it allows them to generate additional income from the regular, um, revenue that's generated or the monetization that's generated from having their podcast on their podcast hosting site. Next, what else can you do? Because that was just one. So use something like Patreon. The next thing you can do is really think about how you are using ads. So currently for my podcast, like I'm still using two things. You either can get ad space from me where I talk about your awesome brand and, you know, only I talk about it if I can actually speak to it because one thing I will not do is uh, just kind of be pimped out for the sake of the dollar through ads, right? But ads pay the bills. So what do I mean by that? Uh, you think about your favorite radio show. What do they say? We're gonna go pay the bills and we'll be back. Uh, what do they mean by that? You're about to listen to a whole slew of commercials because that is how the bills are paid. People pay for ad space. When you look at things like um, the shade room, when you start seeing these uh, different like coverages or articles that are done on like everyday kind of people, that's ad space. Like literally it's like $2,000 for them to be able to cover a story on you if you're not a celebrity. So it might seem like, oh my gosh, these people are so big, blah, 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 blah. But if you go to the shade room and you go to their website, there is an option for you to buy ad space. And it's genius. For $2,000, you literally can get so many additional followers just based off of that. And if you have the right marketing strategy in place, then you understand how to convert those new followers into being potential uh, clients. So a $2,000 investment in that marketing strategy is genius. But that's why people buy ad space. It is marketing for them. At the same time, for the person who was offering the platform for ads, guess what? It's revenue for them. So a lot of our bigger podcasters are starting to do this. Wondery is one of them um, that I can think of off the top of my head. I just mentioned True Crime Obsessed. They also do it. LA Confidential does it. And it looks a little something like this. You do not hear any commercials 
played in the beginning and the end of their podcast. It jumps right into the podcast. What you see or hear in the middle of it, just like you would for a YouTube uh, video, is that they will break into a uh, into a commercial. Usually there's a little bit of background music that's playing for True Crime Obsessed, which we lovingly call TCO. So for TCO, they do uh, Golden Girls. Like, who can't love that? So all of a sudden you hear, boom, 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 boom. You hear that? You already know they're about to hit you with the, hey girl, hey girl, guess who's back? And you're going to hear who is back, who is their sponsor again, who, what commercial are they giving? And always, they're going to give you a code. So they're going to tell you that if you're really interested in doing, let's see, HelloFresh, they usually do um, HelloFresh, FabFitFind, and some others uh, that they really like. Um, I can't think off the top of my head, but uh, the they have quite a few sponsors. And the sponsors always give some kind of code that has something to do with TCO, and then you get a certain percentage off, and that's how you're able to be able to really engage with that particular uh, brand. I'm not quite sure of what the payment structure is. I don't know if they just pay for the ad or if they get the opportunity to get the sponsorship with the code. And depending on how many people actually go to the site using the code determines um, if they get paid that way through the impression. So I'm not quite sure. Um, about that particular structure. I am going to do some research on it though so I can share it with you. But definitely that gives you an example of how now brands are starting to uh, take more control of how they are going to do their, um, how they're going to handle their particular um, monetization through even podcasting. Another thing that you'll notice as well, even for YouTube land, like Usually people pay for, so I can think of uh, Unwind with Tasha K. She has a Pangea and another one, um, Olive Something. But those are like her two biggest advertisers or the biggest uh, uh, brands or, or um, they're, not, they're not even really big, but they are always on her channel. For me, that just means that one, she really does believe in the brand. And number two, they pay for that space because they've definitely upgraded to just being um, a, a still image to actually having commercials that are now part of uh, her editing, right? So they're literally built into the actual um the actual video. And that now allows for her to really own that monetization of the brand. So she doesn't depend on whatever commercial YouTube may put on there, uh, but she really is able to say, okay, um, these are the brands that I stand by. These brands bought this ad space. So now we're going to go ahead and we're going to create commercials to give them the brand exposure. And what's really interesting too is I wonder if her husband did the commercials or she's a partnership with someone because what she did was give them a very professional feel, but the aesthetic of their commercials look exactly the same. So to me, it kind of says it's the same person doing the work, but also it really speaks to her caring about the ad space that she provides to uh, those individuals who've been rocking with her and paying for that ad space on a consistent basis. I swear, every single um, I should know the name of the olive, whatever, whatever, because it's on every single episode. But Pangea, all day long, the body wash, the feminine wash, she talks about that all the time. So these are different ways that YouTubers and podcasters alike 
are starting to own how they handle monetization for the brand. So we talked a little bit about how they they own it. We uh, let me just go into uh, how from also you can really really own it from your own website space. So Sarah Jakes has something called Woman Evolve. Uh, she has a conference every year that she does. But now one of the things I thought was really cool is that she has merchandising and a lot of branding around it, and uh, she has a podcast as well as now uh, Instagram. TV kind of looks and feels. So she'll have like pajama parties. And so like in the pajama parties, she will do interviews, with people like Erica Campbell and really people who are um, celebrities, if you will, in uh, the, the gospel slash faith um, community. And so with that, it's a very... It's very YouTube-y, right? Or, or even like IGTV kind of feel to it where it's not overproduced. But nonetheless you have on her platform. So if you want to see the content, if you want to be inspired by the interviews, there's a price. And it's not crazy. It's not like getting HBO or anything on a monthly basis. It's literally like $4.99 a month that you pay to have access to this. So I thought that was really interesting. And the really, really real reason why I thought that was interesting was because once again, she built a membership economy off of content. And I think that is really important for brands because nine times out of 10, you just really want to put it on these free sites and you aren't thinking about the handoff. You're not thinking about, well, what's next? And that's really important for us to start thinking about it. So for you out there who are really focused on building uh, content, if you are a content creator for someone else, these are things you really need to think about. Why would you put your ability to generate income in the hands of someone else when you have the ability to create it for yourself? So here are some things that I'm going to suggest that you can do today. The first thing you need to do if you're going to start opening up ad space for small businesses, you as the ad space you have to do your due diligence and make sure that you have the right demographic, you have the right following in order for you to generate money. Now, there's two sides to every coin, which means that, yes, if you're saying that you want to have ad space business owner, meaning like you want to pay for space to be on someone's platform, please just make sure that your branding is absolutely polished so that way you are showing off your brand in the best way. But for the individuals who have the actual platform, here's what I need you to do for your due diligence. If you're going to ask someone to give you money so that you can say their business on your platform, I need you to do a few things. One, I need you to consistently put out content because in order for you to be able to generate the kind of uh, listeners, subscribers, or followers, consistency is going to be your best friend. Number two, I need to make sure that you are giving the right data to your uh, people who are interested in having ad space with you. You want them to see conversions. You want the people who invest in your platform, you want them to see a return on investment. That's how you are able to not only continuously have those partnerships with those who are investing in you, but you're able to say, hey, this is how you can also get others to invest in ad space, okay? So so really think about you as being the platform. What are you doing to increase your followership? So are you giving consistent content? And do you really know who your demographic is? Let me tell you something. I always swear I know who my demographic is until I look at some insights and realize, oh crap, my demographic's changed a little. So age range changed. 
location changed. It used to be a time where I was 25 to 34. Like that was my my age range. And now my age range is 34 to 40 something. So I was like, oh, look at that. So my age range changed. My demographics changed. So usually I had a larger demographic who listened to me in the Philadelphia area. Now the larger demographic is listening to me in the New York City area. Who knew? So your demographics will change and you have to know those numbers because what you're going to do is that when people start saying, hey, I want to have my my brand on your space, you want to make sure that you're comparing apples to apples. You want to make sure that whoever is in your targeted demographic matches their targeted demographic. And then this also puts you in a better position when you then begin to market your brand out to larger companies because you're going to say, hey, I have this voice, I have this platform, I have this brand, this is who I attract, and it is so in alignment with who you attract. Let's work together. It just makes sense, right? If you do not know your numbers, if you do not know your data, then you're not going to be able to have that conversation. And when those big companies ask you, you will not be able to follow up with it. So guess what? You got to know your stuff. So make sure you do your due diligence. Um, so that's the first thing if you're going to offer ad space. And listen, let's talk about where you can offer ad space. Uh TCR, the Shade Room, they offer ad space on their Instagram. So you can offer ad space on your Instagram, you can offer ad space on your website, you can offer ad space on your podcast, and you can also uh, offer um, ad space on things like your Instagram TV as well as your YouTube. I don't see a lot of people doing it on Instagram TV, but my thing is, why do you have to wait for somebody to do it? it it's not like you can't, you can. So look at there. The world is unlimited with possible or filled with unlimited possibilities. Choose how you want to do this. Next, let's talk about how do you take content and actually put it on your own website. So this is something that I think is really important. One of the things I remember hearing from, I think it was Julie Solomon. I was listening to her influencer podcast and she was saying how you have to be very mindful that social media is rented space. Absolutely. That is what this whole conversation is about. And because it's rented space, that means that anytime it can be gone. What does that mean? Let me explain to you. I watch tons of documentaries. Like, I don't probably know half of the TV shows that are out right now because I'm watching mad documentaries. That's just what intrigues me, what I like, what I love. So one documentary I was watching, interestingly enough, was about how these Vine actors could not thrive after Vine. So Vine was this very lucrative space for them. Vine allowed them to amass a large amount of followers or subscribers. And then from that, they were able to generate all this really great income just by doing like Vine type of episodes. Now, I never really caught on to the Vine craze. I get it. I'm about to be 40. So like, I'm kind of old. But I just never caught on to the Vine craze. So like I never knew really what happened on Vine. And from what I did know about it, it was nine seconds of a video. So who knew that nine seconds of a video would allow people to create these like episodes, if you will, or these like type of like satire kind of things. Well, once Vine died, then it was really hard for these personalities to then transfer onto other platforms because that platform was their only platform. 
And so when they then were, because they were really serious actors, but what happened is that they were, well, let's put it like this. They were serious actors in their trade, but they were trying to break into acting in the major industry. And then what ended up happening is that Vine ended up being that thing that helped them pay the rent. So then it became what they put most of their energy into. Once Vine died and they started going on auditions, people recognized them as like, oh, you're that Vine person. And then was like, oh yeah, that's really cute but never really took them seriously as actors or actresses. So that really um, hurt them in their ability to come back. So I want you to really think about how you treat your social media today. A lot of people are using social media in in lieu of a website. So I'll hear people say, well, I don't have money for a website, so I'm just really, really going to put all my energy into creating this space on my social media. Here's the problem, boo. If your social media, whomever, decided, so good old Mark Zuckerberg decides today that I've had enough with Facebook, I'm shutting it down, I'm not going to sell it, I'm just going to shut it down altogether, do you still have access to all your followers? Are they on your emailing list? Are you reaching out to them? Do they follow you? Do they go to your website for more information? And if the answer is no, you literally would lose all of that human capital because you put all your faith on a platform that is a rented space. So you really, really have to be careful about how you think about your social media. So once again, Julie Solomon says that your social media is your handshake. It's your introduction into what it is that you do, whether it's the information, whether it's how to, whether it's about your services. And the whole goal is to bring them home and home is to your website. The one thing about your website is that, hey, if <clears throat> website provider A decides to drop off the face of the earth today, guess what? You can always create another website because you own the URL. You bought it. You bought the domain. You bought your www.theprestigesociety.com. Shameless plug. But you you own it. You bought it. So the hosting site doesn't really matter because you own the domain and you can always build another website. So people will always have a place to go to for your brand. So this is why it's really important for you to think about how you build content when it comes to your website and what you can do there to have it live there. So let me just wrap it up for you because I know I'm speaking over what I normally speak, but I just want to drive this point home. So if you create now videos, tutorials, how-tos, if you do things like um, podcasts, then think about how you can start to monetize it through not using things like Patreon, but creating some membership, really low-cost memberships where people can come and hear more from you or see more of you from your website. Wix, Weebly, those, WordPress, they have it set up where people can buy subscriptions from you, whether it's through a plugin or an add-on or an app that they tie onto the website. The capability is there. So once again, pricing is everything. You do not want to charge someone $19.99 to have access to your videos. But you may want to charge them anywhere from $1.99 to $4.99. Why? Because you don't even want them to miss the payment out of their accounts. You just want it to come out and what you should do in your due diligence. Remember, I told you, two sides of a coin. So for you, you're really going to think about the content, your consistency again, because people are paying for this. And then your due diligence is how do you get more people 
and doing your due diligence and marketing and brand awareness and getting people to come to your website instead of trying to buy a car on someone's back. I hate that. Like people who want to charge $3,000 to have access to a video. No, I get you want to live your abundant life, but do the work that's required by setting the price appropriately and then getting the masses to come to you. Now let's go back to Sarah Jakes. Now Sarah Jakes has over a million followers and even if 10% of those followers decided to come over, what's that? 100,000 people who would come over and subscribe at $4.99 a month, that's literally $499,000 on a monthly basis just based off of a subscription alone that's only $4.99. And that subscription is giving you content with interviews with people who are celebrities. So boo, if it's just you sitting in your bedroom talking get you a little $2.99 or a $3.99. I think Ronnie Brown from Girl CEO did something like this where she used to have Girl CEO membership packages and I swear it was only 99 cents. And at the time, I think she had like 100,000 followers. She's something ridiculous. And I remember saying to myself, wow, if just, you know, a thousand people decide to come over that's literally like $1,099 you know, that she'll have um, every month just on this stream alone. And so that's something that you really have to think about when you start putting content onto your website. What are you doing to bring people over? What are you doing to really get people to... Um, to see they need to come from your, your social media space into your website space. You want to do the handshake, but then you want to bring them home, okay? So these are all of the different things that I really want you guys to start thinking about because now is the time for us to really start owning our content 110%. So of course, you know, I'm in this space of revamping as well and really thinking about this. And, and I so was intrigued that I had to just call you or call you guys. I had to just, you know, get on the podcast and share with you guys this information because I think it is really, really, really important. So you know what? Do me a favor. If this has sparked something for you, this has sparked uh, an idea for you, if it sparked something that has gotten you really, really excited and thinking about how you want to begin to better monetize your brand to avoid the demonetization monsters out there, uh, don't be afraid to uh, show some love, put some comments in there, and also please subscribe uh, to wherever you listen to this podcast, especially if it's on uh, iTunes podcast or Apple podcast, please subscribe, please rate. Doing that allows us to get more visibility to the girl boss, which means that now we can help more and more women really build thriving brands. So with that, I'm going to say have an awesome, wonderful, and blessed day. This is your girl, Nicole Doss, and I'm out. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.